0: Where it started. Hello, this is Paul. This is Laura. I'm Dave. And I'm Alton. We are Team Derringer. You are
1: listening to Derringer Discoveries,
2: where we take you, the listener, on an adventure
3: a music adventure.
0: From the mid-1960s to the early 1970s, there was a large counterculture movement here in the United States.
2: It was a time when the war in Vietnam was escalating, and there was a lot of social tension in society overall. But it was also a time of free love, experimentation, alternative lifestyles, and some fantastic music.
3: At the epicenter of this fantastic music was an enclave of artists and musicians living just outside of Hollywood, California, in an area called Laurel Canyon. It was from this batch of musicians that rock and roll's first supergroup arose, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Sometimes Young.
1: Almost cut my hair Wait a minute. Wasn't Cream rock and roll's first supergroup?
0: Yeah, some people would think so, Dave. Eric Clapton had been in the world-famous Yardbirds. So that would make him coming from another band as a famous person. But the other two members of Cream, Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce, they had been in a largely unknown band called the Graham Bond Organization. The Graham Bond organization was not commercially successful. Therefore, I declare that Cream was not the first supergroup.
2: Yeah, and in my mind, a supergroup is made up of members of successful bands, so I'd say that rules them out. Sorry, Cream.
1: Well, what about steam packing?
0: Steam Packet, Dave, you're really digging deep now. I bet most of our listeners don't even know who Steam Packet is. Nor do some of your co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> the only well-known member of Steam Packet was Rod Stewart. And here's the catch. He wasn't well-known when he was in Steam Packet. It was after Steam Packet that he became well-known. Wake
4: up, Maggie, oh.
0: I will say that regardless of what the internet says, and I know we saw that Steam Packet is considered the first supergroup on the internet, but that is wrong. Steam Packet does not qualify as a supergroup.
2: So, do you know what that means, Dave?
0: What? It means that the band Crosby, Stills,
3: and Nash was the first rock and roll supergroup.
1: Surely you can't be serious. I am serious.
3: And don't call me Shirley. And a year later, they added Neil Young, which made it even more super.
4: That is huge!
0: Listeners, A supergroup is a band that is comprised of artists who were each previously in commercially successful bands before forming the new group. In this episode, we will highlight the accomplishments of each band member prior to the formation of the supergroup CSN and or CSNY, and we will share with you some of our favorite songs by each member.
2: And listeners, to help us explore Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, We're joined today by a special co-host who is a Virginia-based singer-songwriter and recording artist, John Tyler Wiley.
3: Do you go by John, John Tyler, or Mr. Wiley?
2: (laughs) John is fine. John Tyler, I only get that
5: from my wife when I'm in trouble.
3: (laughs) (laughs) John also has his
1: own band, aptly titled John Tyler Wiley and his Virginia Choir. John,
0: welcome to the podcast.
5: Thank you so much for having me. I'm joined from Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm thrilled to be on, really. So thank you guys so much. I can't wait to talk about some rock and roll history with y'all.
0: We're glad to have you with us for Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Before we go into Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, we would like our listeners to be introduced to your music. Can you give us a song title that you would like us to play a snippet from? Something that either you did solo or with your band, John Tyler Wiley and his Virginia Choir.
5: Well, we just recently put out a song called Flowers. At this time, it was about a week and a half ago. It's one of the more relaxed numbers we've done. My
4: friends, they send us flowers Flowers in the springtime.
5: It's a song about grief. For
4: another, that's no longer here to chat.
5: Song about hoping through grief.
4: A couple days some
5: they send no card,
4: there is futility in that. It meant
5: a lot to me writing it, and I've really I've grown quite attached to it. It's a very therapeutic song to get to sing every night. So I hope people like it. And I hope people like listening to it.
4: My family sends me flowers in the springtime to remind me of the world. Good
0: and that's a snippet of Flowers by John Tyler Wiley and his Virginia Choir. And it's a fantastic song. It's available on all of the major digital streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple.
2: To kick off today's episode, let's share with our listeners how David Crosby, Stephen Stills, and Graham Nash of Crosby, Stills, and Nash first got together.
4: Four and twenty years ago
3: well, if you ask Stephen Stills, he claims that they first sang together as a trio at Cass Elliot's house in July of 1968. Listeners, Cass Elliot, affectionately known as
1: Mama Cass, was one of the founding members and singers in the Mamas and the Papas, a wildly successful band in the middle 1960s. All
4: the
3: And listeners, here's what Steven said about how he met Graham Nash. He said, David and I would scheme about a band. And one night at the Troubadour, I saw Cass, who I hadn't seen in a while. And she said, would you like to have a third harmony? I said, I'm not sure. It depends on the guy and the voice. So she said, Listen, when David calls you, come over to my house with your guitar. Don't ask, just do it. I knew she had something up her sleeve. And sure enough, David calls me, says, Get your guitar and come to Cass's house. I can see it now the living room, the dining room, the pool, the kitchen. And we're in the living room, and there's Graham Nash. And then Cass goes, So sing. And we sang, In the the Morning When You Rise.
4: of me and
0: how you, left me you don't have to cry from their debut album. Alta, that's a wonderful story by Stephen Stills. It's unfortunate that Stephen Stills has it wrong. What? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> According to who? According to Graham Nash. Here's Graham Nash's response to Stephen Stills' recollection of how they met. And I am quoting, I am quoting Graham Nash. Stevens, completely out of his mind. I remember it clearly. It was not at Mama Cassis. Oh, we did sing at Cassis, but not the very first time.
2: And listeners, in a later interview, when Joni Mitchell was asked how the future supergroup known as Crosby, Stills, and Nash met, she explained... Well, there could have been some overlap because we did hang out at Cass's too. But the first night they raised their voices together, I do believe it happened at my house. I just remember in my living room the joy of them discovering their blend.
4: for for
1: For the record, Stephen Stills emphatically disagrees. Stills explains why they could not have met at Joni Mitchell's house and sang there first. Here's a quote from Stills. David and Graham insist that they took me to Joni's, which I knew was impossible because Joni Mitchell intimidated me too effing much to sing in front of her. None of those books have got it right because every one of us has a different
0: memory. And Dave, does Stephen use effing? Is that how he refers to it? We had to edit it for the family-friendly podcast. (laughs) I thought we were supposed to read their quotes exactly as they wrote it. Well, if you'd like to have a little (laughs) E next to this episode. Right. Okay. John, we brought you here for many reasons.
1: To hear us argue.
0: Yes, to hear us argue. You're the leader of a band. We brought you here because we want you to give us some insight. How can Stephen Steele's and Graham Nash not agree on something as fundamental as where they first met? Well,
5: first off, if I could just say I love hearing these stories. It's just so funny to hear these legends talk about, oh, I, no, we were at this party at Joni Mitchell's house. No, it was Mama Cass's. All these legends hanging out, coming out of the same seed. It's so fun imagining all these people just creating this beautiful music. And the only thing I can think of is that as a young musician, I feel like you're just running on adrenaline. You're just going from rehearsal to gig to sometimes second gig to possibly the after party or just you know the bar at the club that you just played at you are constantly on the move and i feel like that's a very universal thing and i could only imagine that to keep it g-rated when you mix in the recreations of the time with just that natural tendency.
3: Sure didn't help the situation.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's easy to uh, get fuzzy on the details.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, listeners, where do you think Crosby, Stills, and Nash first met? As we've indicated, it's up for debate. It was definitely in the Laurel Canyon neighborhood outside of Los Angeles, and it was definitely in July of 1968.
0: Are listening to Derringer Discoveries? Let's talk about our favorite CSN Crosby, Stills, and Nash artist, or CSNY, and what their qualifications were to be considered a part of a supergroup. When we talk about CSN, we need to also talk about Neil Young. Sometimes, listeners, as you know, sometimes CSN was simply CSN. Other times it was CSNY because Young was part of it. Laura, who is your favorite member of CSN and or CSNY, and what was their musical background at the time? What made them a member of the super group?
2: Well, speaking of Neil Young, he was my favorite member of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Neil had been a member of Buffalo Springfield along with Stephen Stills.
1: Buffalo Springfield is best known for the Stephen Stills pen song and top ten hit for what it's worth.
4: I think it's time we stop, children,
1: what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. From 1967, The Summer
5: of Love. Laura, what's your favorite Neil Young song? That's At least that uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young recorded.
2: So my favorite song is Ohio, which is a commentary on the Kent State students who were protesting the war in Vietnam. On May 4th, 1970, four students were killed and nine were wounded by National Guardsmen. And the story goes that Young wrote the song after reading an article about the shootings in Life magazine. And as we all know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young is not known for shying away from social and political commentary. And this song really captures that beautifully. It was a Billboard Top 20 hit that went from pen to press to radio in just a matter of weeks.
3: Well, Team Derringer, unfortunately, we can't play a snippet of Ohio. Anybody know
5: why? That is because Neil Young and many other artists for that matter, like the previously mentioned Joni Mitchell, they pulled their music from Spotify uh, when Spotify chose to license the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. So that was their act of protest.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, at the time, Rogan, he was a controversial comedian and sports commentator whose podcast had a propensity for spreading misinformation and unsubstantiated claims about the COVID vaccine. And he also had some other inappropriate content on there, which uh, they actually had to delete some of their prior episodes because of it.
2: So, John, what's your favorite song by Neil Young with or without Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young?
5: Well, I can tell you what started it, as I think the first time I ever heard Neil Young was in this little-known indie film called The
0: Last Waltz. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> great
5: great uh, concert movie there.
0: The band? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the band.
5: So the first time I heard Helpless, just his voice sounds so lonesome. and and so perfect.
0: Uh, And Hey, John, we're not going to be able to find Helpless because that was written by Neil Young. So how are we going to play a snippet of Helpless so that our listeners will know what the song sounds like?
5: Is this an invitation?
0: I think it is. All right, let's do it. So, John Tyler Wiley is going to do a first for Derringer Discoveries. We have interviewed countless artists, but we've never actually had an artist perform during the interview. So, here's John Tyler Wiley giving us a snippet of Helpless by Crosby Stills, Nash and Young.
5: Well, will this work? All right, we'll find out.
4: stereo Dream, comfort, memory despair And in my mind I still need a place to go
2: Oh, John, that is a fantastic cover of this song.
0: Big Brother Dave, you've been wanting the stage. So how about you? Who's your favorite member of CSN and or CSNY? And of course, Young is off the table because Laura already took Neil Young.
1: I've got to stick with a member who has the same first name as me. David. David Crosby. David Crosby was one of the original five members of the Birds and was credited as a co-writer of one of the band's most popular songs, Eight Miles High. Eight
4: miles high, and when you touch down, you'll find that it's stranger than
5: That was a snippet of Eight Miles High. Dave Dave, do you have a favorite David Crosby song um, that done by Crosby, Stills, Nash and or Young or just a favorite David Crosby song?
1: David Crosby never had a hit with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, but he did have the title track from their first album they did together. And here it is, Deja Vu. Do you know,
4: don't you wonder?
1: Now, down you. That's Deja Vu, written by my main man David Crosby. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. With listeners in more than 30 countries.
0: It's getting to the point where I no know... Alright, listeners, I'm next. My pick is Graham Nash. Graham Nash was from England, UK. He was a member of the Hollies prior to joining Crosby and Stills. My My favorite song, written by Nash and recorded by CSN and or CSNY, is a song that was on the quartet's album, Deja Vu. Released in 1970. It was a top 40 hit that same year. And with more than 128 million, that's right, 128 million streams on Spotify, my pick is the song Our House. Our
4: House is a very, very, very fine house. With two cats in the yard.
0: And that's a snippet of Our House written by Graham Nash. John, what's your favorite song by Graham Nash?
5: He's actually the least uh, familiar of the four that I'm familiar with. I didn't even realize until my research that he was in the Hollies. So I will respectfully pass, but you have my word that I'm going to do my homework on Graham.
3: Uh-huh. We're going to hold you to it, John. <laughs>
5: please, please do. We <laughs>
2: słuchajte Derringer Discoveries podcast музичних пригод.
3: Alton, you're next. All right. My favorite member of CSNY is Stephen Stills, especially since you guys have taken all the rest of them. Stephen is actually my favorite. And the reason being is I personally think Stills is a guitar virtuoso. He's got some really powerful vocals and sang lead on most of the band's songs. And I personally feel that he was probably the driving force behind both Buffalo Springfield and Crosby, Stills, Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. But... I also realized that he wasn't the only force in those bands.
5: Alton, what was your favorite CSNY song by Stills? Well, John, there's uh,
3: there's a ton of them, really. I guess with so many of them, I'm just going to have to settle on one, and that's going to be Helplessly Hoping from their debut album from 1969, entitled Crosby, Stills, and Nash.
4: Helplessly hoping her Nearby,
3: but it's one of the band's most popular songs with over 120 million streams on Spotify. Not only does it showcase Stills's masterful guitar work, but the band's fantastic harmonies are front and center throughout the entire song. They are one
4: person. They are two alone. They are three together. They are four
3: So Dave, you'll have to verify for me. I don't believe Helplessly Hoping was ever released as a single, was it? It was the B-side of their first single, Marrakesh Express. Ah, but I guess we're really not going to know how it performed on the charts.
1: Well, it's a B-side, so it kind of rides along with the A-side. It hit number 28 in the U.S. Hey, I'll go for that. And number 17 in Canada. Good song. It is. It's a great song. You know, the DJs could have played that as the A side, but they they chose the little snappier uh, Marrakesh Express by uh, by Graham Nash. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries with listeners in more than thirty countries.
4: The world the
1: John. Do you feel like you've been influenced by CSN and Y or any of the individual members of that
5: band? Absolutely. Because the people that I've truly studied, that's who they were listening to.
0: John, thank you for that insight. That's wonderful, the influence that Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young have had on you. Before we go, we must acknowledge the recent death of David Crosby. David was a talented songwriter and musician. He will be remembered for his soaring harmonies, and I think my brother Dave Derringer was noting that. His work with industry legends such as David Gilmore from Pink Floyd, Grace Slick, James Taylor, Art Garfunkel, Gary Wright, Elton John, and of course his contributions to CSN and CSNY.
2: Yeah, and Paul, his musical and personal relationships were often fractious and acrimonious. And at the time of his death, he and Neil Young actually hadn't spoken in years. However, after Crosby's death on January 18th of this year, Young wrote in part, David is gone, but his music lives on. The soul of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, David's voice and energy were at the heart of our band. His great songs stood for what we believed in, and it was always fun and exciting when we got to play together. We had so many great times, especially in the early years. David was the catalyst of many things. Thanks, David, for your spirit and songs. Love you, man. I remember the best times.
3: I really hate to think of the years of friendship and possibly awesome music that was missed because they weren't on speaking terms. Real shame, but may David rest in peace.
2: John, before we wrap it up, would you like to give a shout out to any friends, family, or bandmates?
5: Thank you guys for having me and coming here and talk about music with you guys and to anybody listening now that's also listening to my band and paying attention to our music and our shows, I'm just so grateful. So thank you so much. So, John, who's in your band? There's Eddie Dickerson, who plays fiddle guitar. He also wrote the lyrics for our song, Full Handed. That's on your April 2023 countdown. On the keyboards, we have Thomas Johnson. And then we have a married couple, Brian Piper, as we call him, Barbary, uh, on the drums, and Joanna Smith on the bass. I'm so grateful to get to work with some of my closest friends on this planet.
0: Listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about our podcast and send us an email at feedback at com.
2: You can also reach out to us on social media.
0: That's right, Laura.
3: We are at Derringer Pod on Twitter and Instagram and at Derringer Discoveries on Facebook. Thank you for listening. We hope to hear from you soon.
4: In your sister's room.
1: Listeners, for the record, Stephen Stills emphatically disagrees with what Laura just told you.
0: He disagrees personally with Laura.
2: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah.
5: Um, there's a there's a John Mayer record called "Born and Raised."
3: John Mayer's one of Laura's favorite artists.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>